0: Hello, Brandon, and welcome to Hourglass Bride. It's so wonderful to have you here at today's show. And we have such a special guest today. I'm so excited. It's been an amazing process for me over the past few months to have all of the guests come in. And we've been talking so deeply about the keys to relationships the keys to the heart, the keys to communication, the keys to longevity in a relationship. And all of these steps, all of these tools of starting over, of being able to unfold the beauty from the inside out, your image, the harmony in a relationship, the music, the the syncopation of two lives, and I think that nowhere is this more prevalent and this more perfect than today's guest. And today's guest is Dr. John Ireland, and John has been officiating weddings I was so honored to meet him. A friend of mine was telling me you you have to have to have to have to meet this man. He's so special. He's so extraordinary. He's so magical. He's such a gift. And what he gives to couples not just in his words, not just in his time, not just in his skill of officiation, but the energy in which he helps bring two lives together is really quite extraordinary, and you need to meet him. And so I was so blessed. I was up in Santa Barbara, and we had the opportunity to meet him in person. And sometimes you can just see that it's light energy. It's almost as if God is speaking to you right in front of you. And so I had this opportunity to talk to John in just the way he talked about his love of marrying people his love of bringing people together and how he does that and what that means to him. And so I'm so glad that he is our guest today and getting to share all of this with you on our show. So Dr. John Ireland has been officiating wedding ceremonies for over 25 years. He is highly sought after by celebrity couples getting married, and we will definitely talk to him about that, not to mention the esteemed resorts, such as the San Ysidro Ranch, the Four Seasons, the Biltmore, and I actually met him at the luxurious Pacara Resort and Spa, which is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place, and energetically, you can just see there is a love of nature, of the trees, of the gardens, of the grass, of the care they take with each item and especially of the people and some people I know find it really interesting that he has officiated weddings and bound renewals for major celebrities and iconic stars such as um, rock star Jean Simmons actress T- Tiffany Theason uh, comedian Jeff Dunham and singer Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas as well as so many others And when you think about that list, and we're going to talk to him about some of the celebrities that he's officiated, you think about what different energy these people are, such different people. I mean, some are in rock and roll and some are very conservative. And so how do you go from the gamut of one personality type and one sort of expression of love to another expression of love? And he has been able to actually blend through almost like the waves and the sands of time through each and every one of these you know periods and moments and um, renewals and ceremonies and I just think that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, Dr. John he's been married to his wife for over 30 years, so he certainly knows about marriage. And so we can ask him about the secrets to longevity and to a happy life. He has been a team leader and a teaching pastor at the Ocean Hills Church in Santa Barbara, California, since 1998. And I love, we always ask our guests to tell us something about themselves, and for fun, he loves his Americana coffee, which I think is so great. It makes him so real, and he loves reading things about leadership and, of course, friendship. And most certainly, he's an expert in love. But one of the facts that I found absolutely mind-boggling, especially when you think about a minister or somebody who's an the Dane minister who officiates weddings and stands in front of you and, and literally is the person that binds and ties your love together, and then you ask something special, something extraordinary, something he likes to do for fun, and in September, he completed the Alcatraz swim with his sister. The Alcatraz swim, that's one of the most extraordinary things I've ever heard of and ever read. And in January, he climbed the Mount Kilimanjaro and not only himself, he did it with his sister and with his 75-year-old dad. So that is so much positive energy and so much support and so much love and so much light and so much everything wonderful that we are so honored and so blessed and so Magically gifted to have today's guest, Dr. John Ireland. So, John, welcome to the show. Well,
1: Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. My tank's already filled up just listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> thank I you mean, so much. For-
0: no, what an extraordinary life. And like when I was sharing when I met you, there is an effervescent energy that exudes from you that it's not that this is something that you do is officiate weddings but there is a divine calling in you and there is a joyousness there's this effervescent bubbly you know almost infectious joy and laughter and love and beauty and glory of the fact that you were able to bring people together in such a special way. And I think that's what I was so drawn to is your love for doing this. And so how did you begin? Did you know that you wanted to marry people or or what what was the beginning point?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I I kind of have fallen into the wedding thing in a sense here in Santa Barbara. I mean, it, it of course, is such a a magical and special place to, uh, you know, couples are coming from all over to get married here, but I've been in town, my wife and I have been here for 28 years, and so as a young minister, of course, you know, and young married, I'm I'm kind of learning the ropes and uh, getting a few opportunities to, you know, through my, my work to get to officiate weddings, but then just, you know, as you get more experience and you do more counseling with couples and you become, I think, just more passionate about the gift of marriage and how important it is for creating just a, a rock-solid foundation and not just to, you know, oh, I'm stuck in marriage, but, man, I'm thriving in marriage. I mean, who doesn't want to have a, a relationship, that most important one, that where you have this sense of, okay, yeah, we got to work at it, but also we are enjoying each other and treasuring what we have and feeding it and, and so I think I'm just a huge fan of marriage partly because I I love my wife so much and she's been such a gift to me and our marriage hasn't been perfect we've had to work at it but that's all part of the part of what you sign up for I think you know
0: And so do you have we always love to ask couples that have been married over 25 years and my parents just had their 50th wedding anniversary which was so special And um, do you have a secret or a tip for longevity in a marriage?
1: Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you asked that. Because I love to ask that. One of the things I love to ask <laughs> is I love to ask couples. When I go to weddings, I love to ask the parents or the grandparents their kind of secret sauce. You know, I, I love that. I'm I, Part of what I, I want to be is one of those teachable, lifelong learners that I, I want to keep growing. And I want to, you know, and so I've heard so many little nuggets and bits of advice, and I'll tell you one I just heard that really rocked my world. I mean, it really it challenged me, and it really encouraged me, too, and it was uh, actually a therapist here in Santa Barbara in private practice. We were just uh, having dinner together with some friends, and, and he said that his in-laws have been married for over 60 years, and he said, I asked them, what? why why do you guys think you you guys actually think you have the best marriage on the planet you know why why is that and uh both of them had the same answer and you know his father-in-law said what's most important to her i have made most important to me and she said the same thing what is important to him i've chosen to make that important to me and I was really challenged by that, but also encouraged. That's part of the dance of marriage is learning to uh, to kind of dance together in a way that I'm saying, you know, my wife Natalie, there are things that really aren't important to me, but they're important to her. And so part of the way I, I choose to love her is to become interested in the things that she's an, uh, an educator and uh, so passionate about it and so entering her world, helping her, see her dreams come true, supporting those. That's part of what makes our, our marriage rich and, and vice versa. She has been so interested in what I'm doing all these years and supporting me. I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle is is being interested and staying interested in each other's lives. It feeds, gives you lots to talk about as well.
0: That's great. It's interesting that you say that. Last night I went to see Yakov Shmironov the comedian and do his uh-huh. show and it's all on relationships and love and it's hysterical and heartwarming and i laughed and i cried and i cried and i laughed but basically that's what he was saying about making something important you know giving and receiving and but what's important to somebody else and so i love that concept and i love that you can share that and you have that epiphany and that awareness in yourself and in other people. I think it's just beautiful and I know that you have a child and even to pass that on to your child. What a great example yep. of a relationship to be able to do that. And then, you know, when I think about in talking to you, I remember that you had talked about grace and acceptance and that you were saying that you talk about grace and acceptance at every wedding ceremony and i love those words one of the things that we've done for months now is that at every show i ask people their definition of what is a vow what is marriage what is harmony and the words i think are so important and they're so rich and i love these words grace and acceptance and so why were you so drawn to them why do you share them and what do they mean to you
1: yeah. Well, I think for me in working with couples for all these years, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make, and I include me in the we because uh, I I'm I'm still growing and learning, but is I think the mistake that we make is we get married and then we think it's our job to quote fix or change our partner. It's like we have a wonderful plan for their life. <laughs> and it when when couples enter a marriage relationship with kind of this hidden agenda that i'm going to change him i'm going to fix her boy they just they go into a season of disappointment and disillusionment and i remember when i married my wife she did not own a pair of running shoes or tennis shoes she just had uh, heels that was all she had and and for the first 10 years of our marriage I'm, I would give her running shoes and say hey we're going to work out and I'd give her you know a g- hey let's go work out at the gym or let's play tennis and finally after about 10 years she said you know what you don't really accept me she goes you want me to be an athlete i'm not an athlete you want me to sweat i hate sweating it's gross you know she's saying these things That's and i so and, and funny. i had this I had this aha epiphany and it was like I had my wife on a self-improvement program and it it was fueling this sense of her feeling unloved and and not cherished or treasured by me but like she didn't measure up and she goes you 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 don't accept me and and that was the beginning for me so that was over 20 years ago that I had my own aha moment and then I have a mentor in my life, his name's Bart, and and he's been married for 43 years, and I, I asked him point blank, what do you wish somebody would have told you when you were in your early 30s? And you know, I thought he might say something about money or investments, or he might say something about friendship or kids, but he said, you know, I wish somebody would have told me not to spend the first 25 years of my marriage trying to fix and change my wife he said it was so hard those first 25 years were so difficult but he said the last 17 18 he goes i decided to accept her for who she is not try and change her not try and fix her and he said the last 17 18 years have been so special and 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 a a much easier for us and enjoyable for us there's a, uh, a book that was written called Messy Spirituality. Mike Iaconelli, he's passed away tragically in an accident several years ago, but he wrote this about grace, and I just love it. He said, grace is outrageously unfair, ridiculously extravagant, and it sure beats judgmentalism, legalism, and all the other isms. Grace always gives second and third chances, and never stops giving chances. Never stops giving chances. And I just love that because it's this idea. I mean, the the literal literal definition of grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved, but you keep giving favor. And you know, the God of the Old and New Testament is all about grace. He doesn't say, "Get your act together, and then I'll accept you." And welcome you. He accepts us and welcomes us. And then that love, that unconditional love, is the motivation for us to respond to it, not out of law or legalism. And I think that's true in marriage. When you are feeling on the receiving end, this person loves me unconditionally. They keep pursuing me, they continue to bless me and encourage me and treasure me. They continue to forgive me when i when there's an ouch or I you know there's a misunderstanding or I hurt his or her feelings and and they just keep loving and uh, that is compelling. Who doesn't want to live with that kind of a person and be in a relationship with a person that lives by grace and acceptance versus as you can imagine, you flip that upside down and you have a person. And you're going, man, I'm married to this person, and they're always trying to fix me and change me. There's always, they find something wrong with me every day. I never measure up. And it's just, it's kind of, I think, I look at that and I say to myself, wow, I want to become the kind of husband that is living by grace, that is uh, completely growing to accept my wife and, uh, and not just accept, but also appreciate uh, those differences that we have. So I guess that's I some of what I think it means to accept and, and that word wonderful. grace, which Bono, Bono sings a lot about grace, you know, from U2, and I just love it. Uh, it's just a powerful word, and it will touch and transform a marriage. Grace will touch and transform a life.
0: I think that's incredible and as you talk about for a man not to change a woman it's the same thing for a man not to marry somebody and to think that they're going to change them and to be able to just love them for who they are and so I think that's such a great secret and tool and technique and as you talk about Unmerited Favor Joseph Prince actually has a beautiful book Unmerited Favor you know which Mm. I didn't know that I'll have to read that yes oh you would love that book absolutely yes just fabulous And so I love that idea, and and truly grace and acceptance, I think, are such beautiful words. And if it's okay with you, I would love to put that definition and that quote on the website because I think for you know listeners of this show, that's just it's so perfect and it's so beautiful and it penetrates the heart at such a deep level. So I really do love that. And and then yes, and then I need to ask you as I look at this list of celebrities on your bio. This is crazy wonderful so how did you start marrying and remarrying celebrities and what a gamut from gene simmons to verdi to i mean to comedians right. to actors so i mean energetically that's you know the rocket ships or the stars and it's the calm seas and so how did you get into that and is it fun and is it difficult to deal with the personalities and share yeah. some of them so, so, yeah, so great so question you
1: know I think for me, and you've heard this, but, you know, first of all, every wedding I do, you know, is special. It really is. I think I feel, you know, undoubtedly you feel a little more pressure when you're dealing with a high-profile person. You you don't want to screw up anybody's wedding, you know. I, I say you don't want to fumble Uh and so you take it seriously. And, and I think, again, my job, I say this over and over again, my job is to serve people. I don't, ha- you know, it's not my wedding. I had my wedding. It's their wedding. So my job's to serve them. I want them, meaning whoever it be, but in this case, the celebrities, I want them to love their ceremony. If they don't love it, then I don't win. So I'm not sitting there with a hidden agenda. You got to do it my way. We collaborate. We talk. We meet. Uh, and it's just people. They're just real. They're people. They have fears. They have uh, insecurities. They have you know growth areas like we all do. But I have found that the celebrities I've done have been honestly. I haven't had a bad experience. They've been warm. They've been uh, welcoming. They've invited me to their homes. They and they're just they're real people that uh, that like you and me want to have a special moment, want to create a magical and memorable experience on their wedding day, or if they're renewing vows. And I have to say, they're also they're tender. You know, I've had some tender moments where I have uh, said a prayer for them, and I said, "Can I say just a prayer of blessing over you?" And I've had yes, would you do that? We would love that. I mean, there's just this. They want. What you want and what I want—they want the real thing. They want love. They want it to be uh, alive, and they want to have a thriving marriage. And so, I've just—I I can't tell you. I mean, I've been actually pleasantly surprised that every high-profile person that I've worked with has been just wonderful and easy. I have—I have had zero issues, drama, or you know, I don't have any horror stories to tell you. I'm, you know, I don't they've been they've been all fabulous and generous i should say just with their spirit and their time and you know they have to be concerned about confidentiality and this and that and i get that you know and uh living in santa barbara i mean you're around uh and you know i've had the opportunity to be around high profile people so you you get you don't get those opportunities if you blow it if you break confidences that kind of stuff. If you take advantage of it, it, it doesn't work. You won't last. So you have to respect people and respect their, uh, you know, privacy, their integrity, you know, and their desires. So for me, it's it, it's just kind of common sense, to be honest with you. And if you make a commitment to serve people, whether it's, you know, uh, the person that's waiting on tables when you're at your favorite restaurant, or the biggest star, if you you know, my approach has just been, I'm here to serve you, and to make this, you know, the biggest possible day of your life, the best day of your life. That's kind of my motto, my theme. I want to, I want to help their their biggest day become their best day.
0: That's that's so extraordinary, it really is. And to want that for each and every person, and especially somebody that's a celebrity, somebody that's used to being catered to or recognized, and when you're saying what they want is what everybody wants, which is really to be loved. And I just think that that's such a beautiful concept, and if we all look into our hearts and say that's what we all really want is to be loved. And then, so I have a question with that. Actually, I have a couple questions with that. But one is um, something that we hadn't talked about before, but on vows. I know that very often, especially at celebrity weddings, because there are a lot of writers, and there are a lot of producers and there are a lot of actors, that people will want to write their own vows. And we're bringing David on who's teaching women to write their vows and to be in their their voice and in in their power. And do you think that it's important that people say what's in their heart at that moment, that people do write their own vows or include their own feelings and thoughts in that time?
1: Yeah, you know, I think in the wedding ceremony... I could just tell you, my wife and I wrote our own vows, so I'm totally uh, supportive of it. I, I coach when I when I when I talk to people about it, and I, you know, every couple I talk to, I, I say this to them: If you want to write your own vows, I'm all for it. Just remember, a vow is not a compliment; it's a commitment, and there's a difference. There's a place in the ceremony to do the compliment, to do some words of what. I what I love about you, and why I'm so crazy about you, and why I can't wait to to spend the rest of my life with you. And let me tell you, I usually do that before the wedding rings. You know, before they give the rings, they share some personal words, or they, they write each other a, a small love letter, and they share those complimentary things. But I think a vow is a promise. It's a commitment. And I made the mistake 20 years ago not having this conversation with a young couple and the groom got up there and his wedding vow was just kind of, you know, saying to his bride, you're so sexy and you're so pretty and you make me laugh and I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And and I was kind of standing there going, that's great, however, you haven't, you're not in. I mean, you're just saying what she's doing for you. What are you doing? That's what a vow is, is your commitment and uh, your promise to do what? And I I think that's what's important when you're writing your vows. Look at other vows. Look at, you know, there's so many uh, variables. You can take traditional vows and you can modify them. You can talk to friends, family. Others who've written their vows and, and learned from other people, and because I've done that. I see some vows that people have written, and, and they are. They're extraordinary. They're creative. They're funny. They're witty. But they're also profound, and they're deeply meaningful, and they're saying and promising something very substantive and significant. And I think that's where the power is in the vow. I mean... To just get up and be kind of trite and to be kind of, you know, funny, I think there's another time and a place for that, not in that moment when you're exchanging a vow. But that, And that's my opinion.
0: I heard it was interesting. I was at a wedding, and they, one of the vows uh, started with, I love you and I like you, and it's my promise to fill my own cup and to be mm-hmm. responsible for my own happiness. Mm-hmm. So when you come home, I am here for you you know, rich and full and, you know, participant and listen, whatever. And it when, yeah. you know, when, you, when you hear all these things and when you were talking about writing love letters to one another and that they exchanged love letters, I actually saw a beautiful ceremony less than a year ago where they wrote each other a love letter on why they were marrying the other person and yeah. what that other person did to them and their choice. And they wrote it the night before they got married. And then when, during the ceremony they took those letters and those letters were sealed in a box along with a very nice bottle of wine and they had a hammer and nails and they sealed the box and the box was dated 10 years from the wedding date. And even oh. though they wrote those letters that morning, they were to read each other's letters on their 10-year anniversary to know why on that day they chose to marry each other.
1: That's powerful. That's, that's I'm stealing that idea. That's good.
0: Beautiful. I thought that, that, was, really right I thought that was just really, really beautiful. But I love that, and then, you know, the the vows, I think, I love when you're saying that it's not a compliment, it's a commitment, and that's probably the best description of a vow that I've heard, so thank you for that, and I think that that's really powerful, and I'm sure that so many listeners are going to use that and be able to utilize that as they're creating their vows. Yeah, and just
1: to be clear, I'm not opposed to the compliment in the ceremony. I think there's a place for that. It's just not to exclude the the substance of the vow. You know that I think is it's about character and it's about integrity and it's about when we get married. That's you know I think what we're looking for is the core of this person and are they are they trustworthy? Whatever they promise, can I count on them to? You know, stand up to their word, you know, because that's in in a long marriage. Uh, that's you know, the older I get, the more I actually uh, I, I do like the traditional vows because I can tell you honestly, even for me, I'm I'm celebrating 30 years now uh, this summer, and you know that for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. I I have days where I where I have said to myself oh, this must be the for worse part that I signed up for on my wedding day. <laughs> and, oh, this is the insi- you know sickness part, and, and this is the poorer part. Or I mean, you go through those words and you go, yeah, I signed up for it. And the, the better part comes and when you're in the sweet spot of, of marriage and, and it's effortless and you're going, this is so good. And then you go through hard times and you go, oh, I signed up for this part too. And that's part of what makes our life and marriage so rich, you know, to work through those all those times and enjoy them.
0: I love that. You know, the other day I was having a terrible day. If you could have terrible days, I was having a terrible day. Okay. The Time Warner service was off in my house. And there were – something happened in the neighborhood, so the house phone didn't work and the computers didn't work, and also the cell towers were affected. And so we couldn't even – you know, every time you would call Time One or Verizon, we kept getting knocked off. And so for hours, we were trying to deal with the, you know, issue that the communication yeah. towers were knocked out in the neighborhood. And I am not a technological person. I'm real, I mean, I love the art of creativity, but technology for me is a new world. And so this made for a very frustrating day. And at one point, I thought I'm having the worst day, and I was in the kitchen. And I started to laugh and to cry and said, if this is a bad day, how lucky am I? How lucky mm-hmm. there, that there are people that are starving, people that are tortured, people that are politi- like There are yeah. people that, uh, that if this is my bad, what a magic carpet ride my life is. And yeah. in that moment, everything shifted, everything, all the perspective of my life. And it's, so it's when you have those moments in a marriage and in a relationship, like you're saying that, you know, you say for better and for worse and whatever that is. But at that same time, that on those days, you get to say, gosh, if this is a bad day, how lucky am I? Because look at my life. Look at my partner. Look at my relationship. Look at this love that I am blessed to have in this life that I am blessed to share and yeah. if this is my bad this is funny this is I mean how lucky am I that people would wish for days like this that yeah. you know I consider a love ah, love your
1: heart Yeah, it's great perspective
0: so I think that's just great and then on these celebrity weddings did you have a favorite is there one that just stuck out in your mind and you said gosh I just love that wedding or that was so much fun
1: Well, you know what? I mean, they were all so, in some ways, different. I mean, the Gene Simmons uh, wedding was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I mean, there were a gazillion cameras because they were (laughs) filming for his TV show. And it it was a huge production. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was larger than life. But then, you know, Tiffany Thiessen and Brady... You know, they have become such dear friends and have been at our home, and we've spent Christmas Eves, and, you know, I've, I've dedicated and blessed their baby, Harper. We And so that, you know, that wedding was so sweet, but part of it was because we developed really a rich, rich friendship. You know, my time with Fergie and Josh was more, it was a renewal of vows out at Bacara, and it was just the two of them and me. And there was some security, you know, around the perimeter, but... You know I had about oh thirty minutes with just the three of us, and I really it was it was tender and it was special and i it was just you know I was honored to get to speak into their life and to uh um just enjoy that moment you know and and to be in the moment and try and encourage them and uh it was awesome he was he was creating that moment for the two of them and and so, you know, I mean, so much of it is I don't know them. We're, we didn't become friends out of it. Whereas in some of them, I've, I've become friends. And I just, I love and respect them all. But, I, you know, I'm kind of hedging here and getting a little political. Like, I don't want to say who I like best no. or what I like best. You know. Okay, so without were,
0: saying any names, like this person or that person, was there no. a wedding that was you know, on a cliff, or was the wedding in a cave, or was there something that you said this is so interesting that they would choose to do a wedding here and in this way and that it became fun or inspirational for you in the process?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I don't mind saying where they were. I mean, you know, uh, Fergie, we we were out on the cliff uh, out of Pacara. That's where that happened. Jeff Dunham, the comedian, you know, we were up at the Sunstone Villa, and it was magical up there um and tiffany and brady we were at a private estate in montecito um i'll tell you one of the cool things that i loved um is in and i don't know what it is but um in gene simmons wedding ring there was inscribed in that just a special little secret you know from his bride and uh I thought that was really a cool idea, and she, she gave it to him. She says, I had something inscribed in there, for your eyes only. And I thought, that that's, again, a creative touch, a little insider secret just between the two of them. And, uh, you know, and he married, of course, you know, Shannon Tweed. And so Shannon's um, – I just thought that was sweet. I thought, you know, that's a cool – Kind of extra thing, special little nuance or little flavor to add, and I thought that was was very, very cool the way that that, that she did that as a surprise. I thought that was fun
0: i that's that's actually something I made use. something <laughs> thank you for that tip that's really quite yeah. I'm always, you know, that's the thing
1: that's so fun for me is I'm always kind of taking notes about the little, and it's the little things that make a big difference, you know. It's really true. It's just a little nuance here or there, a little accent, a little flavor, and uh, I'm always looking for ways to to make something a little, you know, a, a wedding even more special or just a little something that adds to the uniqueness of it, so...
0: It's funny because I remember that in talking to you, you were saying that you love the phrase small things often. So you're talking about these little things. And so mm-hmm. how does that translate in, into the inscription in a ring saying for your, you know, for your eyes only there's something in there and, and a small thing that made a difference, like the love letters that you're going to read 10 years later? What small things often enrich relationships?
1: yeah great you know i I'm stealing that phrase from a researcher author who was who was featured in the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. His name's John Gottman and you know very well known uh writer and researcher on marriage and love and in fact, my wife and I did a Gottman weekend that uh just to enrich our own marriage that was really life giving for us and helped give us some tools uh you know after i think we did it after our 20th wedding anniversary or something and it was just you know it was just a fresh gust of wind in our sails but but gottman john gottman's the one who who i you know took that phrase from and he said you know that that marriages that are that are thriving over the long haul that that couples tend to put into practice those three words small things often and i've seen it and experienced it even in my own life but in so many areas, just like you said, I mean, a small thing like an inscription in a wedding ring or like the, the gift of the love letters and the wine. And I think in the day-to-day stuff, it can be small things often around affection. It can be really just good night kisses. It can be a little foot massage. It can be small things often around acts of service, taking out the trash, uh, making the bed, emptying the dishwasher, feeding the dog. I mean, there's so many little things that picking up your clothes, taking off your shoes before you walk in the house, whatever, however your relationship works, you know, or, you know, those agreements, and um, the little compliments, a little card. When when I go on a road trip uh, and my wife puts a little note in, in my suitcase, I mean, it's just like, you just made my day, or my daughter sends me a text. Daddy, I mean, just the word daddy, you know, makes my heart melt, from my 19-year-old daughter, and just, "Daddy, you know, I miss you," or "Daddy, can we go grab a coffee together?" Uh, just initiating those little things, little acts of love, little initiation of relationship, I think make a huge difference. And and I think relationships suffer if we if we just think that the relate, you know, a great marriage is just going to happen by accident. It doesn't it is the kind of some result of a lot of these small things often. And, uh, and so I've kind of embraced that as one of the mottos of the kind of husband and father I want to be. I want to keep doing the small things that make a big difference uh, and I want to do them often, you know, without measuring, without comparing, without keeping score. I, I mean, you know, love is about giving. It's about just that self-giving and giving and giving. And I have a friend who we tease about this, but, um, you know, he said when he got married, the best advice he received was to make a commitment to out-serve his bride, his wife, without mm. keeping score, without measuring, to out It's almost like imagine if you... We're almost in a competition with the person you're married to without allowing it to get, you know, weird. But, but just saying, I'm going to outserve her. I'm going to outserve him. And uh, and I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to measure. And it's the small things, you know. I'm going to, you know. And I can't tell you how my wife is so great at this. I mean, she's inspired me without even asking. She does things that she knows will cause me to feel loved. And she's kind of become a student over the years of my life. And she goes, I know John feels loved when, you know, I do this, I do that, you know, all these kind of little things. And every person's different. That's part of our job when we're married is I need to become an, you know, I need to get my Ph.D. in in studying my wife and figuring out what is it that makes her tick, when does she most feel loved, when is our marriage at its best, what is it that I'm doing that, that uh causes her to feel like her tank is filled? What do I need to do to be a life giving partner for her? And again it's the small things often that makes a big a, difference.
0: I love that you're saying that. A friend of mine, a very, very good friend of mine, is Dr. John Gray, who did The Matter from Mars, oh, Woman yeah. on Venus, and John talks about that. You know, very often a man will think if he brings a dozen roses that you know he's scored points and the woman's going to be all excited and and she mayn't be very happy. But he was saying that instead of a dozen roses, if he gave her one rose every week yeah. or whatever, that 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 you know that that gesture. That one rose. There it is. That I love all you. One
1: rose. You're right. That's
0: absolutely, good. Absolutely. You know, makes all the world of difference to a woman just knowing that she's being loved or that you thought of her, that she's being considered. And so I, I, I love that. And then as we're talking about that giving, you talk about when you're giving more, how it's necessary for... Breathing life into your relationship where that giving in is not a weakness. And and I know that you speak very often on the art of giving. And so I would love you to just share some of that and touch on that for a moment because I just think. Yeah, well,
1: you know, I think that phrase giving in, whenever I talk about that, you know, it's usually the guys that are like, are you kidding me? I'm not giving in. That's like a sign of weakness, you know. And and I love to just remind them, it's it's not, you know, it's, if you know who you are and you have a strong sense of identity, you know, you can give in. It's not a sign of weakness. It, it actually requires strength of character to say, you know what, I'm, and here's the key word, I'm willing. It's really embracing a spirit of willingness, I believe, giving in. And so what does that mean? It means I am willing to do whatever it takes so that we win, so that our marriage wins. I'm willing to compromise so that we can come together. I'm I'm willing to keep growing. I'm willing to make sacrifices. And so I'm willing to say no to important people, important opportunities in order to say yes to this most important relationship, my marriage, my family. And sometimes that's what's required for a marriage to grow strong and deep. We have to be willing to make those sacrifices. And and I think one of the biggest ones is, you know, that willingness to sometimes say no to our own parents. That is so hard, you know. And my wife, again, has led the way in that. She, early on in our marriage, you know, in a sense stood up and set the boundaries around her mom and it was an issue for us but she you know in in some ways her mom made her choose it was kind of a weird thing between her and me and she chose me I mean she married me she says mom I'm married now John and I are a family I still love you but sometimes and here I am I'm, I'm a parent now of a 19 year old I get that you know that's going to be a difficult transition because Shannon's my little girl I mean you know but when a husband and wife are willing to to say no in order to say yes to each other i think that's just a huge huge act of um sacrifice and an act of love for the relationship that's really important but i think you know couples get kind of i don't know they stumble in this area of giving in because of our pride because of our ego because of this fear that he always gets his way i'm always the one giving in and it goes back to that keeping score thing and i find in my own marriage when i'm keeping score and i'm measuring neither of us win we we're not winning at home i just have to get rid of the scoreboard and i have to just believe hey i married this person for a reason i believe god called me to marry this person and my job's to absolutely love her and treasure her and cherish her and do whatever it takes to to make sure she knows that she is loved and treasured beyond anything else. So I think that's one of the key things for giving in. And giving more is just about what we were talking about with serving, you know. It's that without measuring, without comparing. I'm just going to... I love that quote I think it was Amy Carmichael I want to make sure it was her that said you can give without loving but you cannot love without giving and you, know, you, you soak in that reflect on that chew on that for a moment and you think about it's true I can give to people that I don't love I mean I can give gifts I can do that and I go I don't really care about this but I can give something I can give to an organization that I don't care about correct right I. you know but can I love someone and not give? And, and I don't think you can. I mean, giving and loving go hand in hand. And so thinking about your life as, in some ways, an offering. So once once you get married, I'm now, my role is to offer myself. I'm all in. That word covenant, when we talk about marriage as a covenant, yes. that word literally means in it together in it together. To paraphrase that, it's all in. I'm all in. You know, so there's no holding back. So I'm going to give and I'm going to give and I'm going to give. And that's kind of my motto. You know, i got to find ways that my wife knows that she's treasured and special. And I always tell brides and grooms, you know who wins when you do that? You, you both win. You know, you're not going to, people are so afraid of being taken advantage of. And, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm the one who gives in, I'm going to be... That's why we we have to marry people of character. Think about, you know, if you're a single person today listening to the show, before you get married, you that's the character issue. It's the trust issue. You both want to have a rich relationship, a wonderful relationship. Of course, trust is has has to be there. Then you can, if you trust a person, you trust your partner... You can keep giving knowing knowing that they're not going to take advantage of that. They love you. They cherish you. They're going to be given back even more. And that's why the out-serving and out-giving works in marriage when there's trust. And, uh, and I believe that's God's dream for every marriage. That's when marriages are thriving, when we're going, I want to give to my wife because I love her so much and I'm not worried about am I going to get anything back. It, it will come back to me. I know it will. I don't know. I does that, that make
0: sense? It does. And I love the description of covenant as in it together and all in and no holding back, you know, versus a contract. Because yep, a contract that's you think right. of as something so completely different. But a covenant and that unity of being in something together, I think, I mean, isn't that what they always say when two or more are gathered? And, yeah. And so I. That's right.
1: And that's right, you know, the word covenant is so rich. It's so rich. It and and we tend to live in a society where where marriage and love is more of a contract. And a contract, you know, you hurt my feelings or you you fail me and then I'm done. Bye bye, you know. But covenant love is different. And again, you know, in the old testament, I love that old testament book of Hosea most people have never read it but it's of god's covenant love and he he uses this this old testament prophet he says mary a harlot and uh and it's going to be a metaphor for my love for people that even though you're unfaithful i'm going to keep loving you and keep loving you and keep loving you and it's the hebrew word hesed which is loyal love and I love that because that's the standard of, I think, what makes a marriage last a lifetime. You have to have that hesed, that loving kindness, that loyal love. And, again, if if it's a contract, if my marriage was a contract, I'll tell you what, I, I'd been divorced 20 times over. I mean, I've had my feelings hurt, my wife's disappointed me, uh, and I've disappointed her, and we've had misunderstandings, all that stuff that everybody faces. But the covenant that we made, we we say to each other, you know what, for us, we made a commitment, we made a covenant, so divorce isn't an option for us. And there's two ways now we can look at our life together. We can either go, okay, we're stuck, let's just be miserable for the rest of our life, or hey, we're stuck together, we're in it together, so let's make it a memorable life together, and let's have the... You know, let's have our the next 10 years be our best 10 years. And so we live in hope and we live with this sense of, yeah, maybe right now we're having to work harder at this relationship. But you know what? If we stick with it and keep serving and keep giving, I, I just, I believe in love. I believe that, 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 that if we live this way, it will absolutely re- revolutionize our hearts and our lives and our marriages and our homes so it's not easy it's hard to give when you don't feel like it and it's 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 hard to stay married when you don't feel like it and i like i said i've been married 30 years there are times when i'm going i don't feel like being married right now but i don't make a judgment or a decision based on how i'm feeling in that moment i lose you know we all lose perspective at times but you know not to Kind of jump to a, a an irrational decision in the moment, but to kind of slow down you know I love this one one dad of a, a groom I just did a wedding a couple months ago and and the groom said my parents have the best marriage, so I went up to his dad and i said what what what's your secret sauce so I was like, oh man, your son just wants to have a marriage like yours, and I go, Can you give me some advice and he uh, it was so funny he says i it two words I said, "Well, what's that?" And he said, "Walk away." And I went, "What?" <laughs> he said, "You know, sometimes things aren't going well." He goes, "Just walk away for an hour. Just, just clear your head, get some perspective, take a break for." And he goes, "And then you come back and you work it out." And I just thought, you know, sometimes in the in the moment we lose perspective, and so we just need to walk away sometimes and just kind of regain our perspective and and remember, oh yeah, I'm committed. And you know what? I love this person, and we're gonna we're gonna we're stuck. So, you know, as long as I know I'm, I have a covenant here, and I'm not, I'm not. And stuck, stuck can feel like a negative. I was just gonna that, I don't, I don't,
0: right? I, you know, because I don't know that it's that it's really about you know being stuck. It's really about you know being being present and having the opportunity. It's like even when we go to school, you know, when we're little kids and we have to go to school or whatever. It's not that you know, we're stuck in school from by to fear or whatever, we have this grand opportunity to learn, yeah. to grow, to be enriched, to have amazing relationships with people, to figure out who we are as people, to experience vision and, dream, you know, it, it's an amazing Yes, kind of thank you. You said it more eloquently than here.
1: I did. That's in right. Us. It's just that commitment, I think, creates the playing field for us, and it creates the safe atmosphere. So now I know I'm committed. So I wanna have a great life. Let's let's be in it together. Let's be all in and we're gonna work it out. So now I feel safe because nobody's walking. We're gonna work this out together. We're in it together. And I think that's that's the plus side, the positive side of commitment. You're right. Sometimes the word stuck or we feel stuck and so we're thinking negatively about it rather than wait a minute there is so much blessing and positive that that we need to focus on and work towards that uh and hard work i really believe hard work pays off and it, and and it does in marriage i know that
0: and what a great opportunity i love your view on relationships and i just absolutely Love who you are. I hope you know that. And so I really want to make sure that people know how to contact you. So if somebody is interested in talking to you, having you marry them, renew their vows, or just wants to experience and explore some of these amazing concepts and the beautiful definitions of words that you certainly have given us today, how does somebody reach you?
1: There's two simple ways to reach me. One is by email, john at oceanhills.org. So I'll spell that J O N. There's no H. J O N at oceanhills, O C E A N H I L L S, john at Or people could just call me on my cell phone. Um, and that's simple. Don't abuse it, of course, but it's 805. 805- Eight eight six two nine one three eight zero five eight eight six two nine one three, 886 2913 805-886-2913, and uh, happy to serve people and do my best to uh, uh, make a, a great memory and a great moment for you. So if people want, want to contact me, feel free to reach out, and, and I'll get right back to you.
0: That's so brilliant. It really is, just, and I just think this has been so fun. I'm, just I loving it. Oh, I'm loving talking to you. This and is great. Just, oh, I'm enjoying this so much as well. And then uh, we only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you, as far as I know, that you talk about that there are a couple landmines that you know people go through in their first year of marriage. And also, if you had any advice for somebody that's getting married, just coming up in the next year, or if there is any little tidbit that you can leave people with.
1: Yeah, I think the landmines that young couples are facing are early marriage, you know, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. The, the, the number one issue I find over and over again from couples that creates really a, a deeper issue, it's the parent issue. It's the bride's inability to say no to her mom or, or dad or and the groom. I've seen it both ways. It's not usually one way or the other. It's been 50-50. It's just so hard for us to create healthy boundaries with our parents. But in order for us to, you know, have a healthy marriage, we we ha- in some ways we have to parent our parents. And we have to say, "Mom and Dad, you know what? We're we're not coming home this Christmas." And it's and i know some people are like oh, i can't i can't say that to her. you know what you're going to have a better marriage if you if you set some clear healthy i'm not talking about being mean spirited i'm just talking about being clear and being in charge of your own marriage and protecting it and preserving you know those healthy boundaries and uh, i think that's a huge landmine i think another one is just again and gottman deals with it but it's it's the conflict stuff how we deal with conflict and we have to learn healthy ways to deal with the disagreements the misunderstandings and when we get into attacking the person and being you know using contempt and and being disrespectful that's when couples get in deep trouble according to Gottman and all his research and so if if you're not handling conflict in a healthy way I would say get some help on that and don't be ashamed of that I've I've been married for 30 years and I've been in lots of counseling and uh, you know you go to a doctor to get a, a physical checkup you're supposed to go every year I tell couples Go get a marriage checkup every year. My wife and I did that for 20 years. Just, hey, we don't think there's anything wrong, but we just want you to poke around our relationship and see if there is. That could be one of the most, one of the best. I've never
0: heard of that before, a marriage checkup.
1: Marriage Rather than wait till you're in trouble, I say go get a checkup. Go get a marriage checkup. I tell couples when I do their wedding, let's do a six-month or a one-year checkup. Don't wait till you're going, well, we're going to get divorced. That's too late. Just go every year and say, hey, poke around our marriage. I can tell you, my wife and I, there were some years in the therapist's office where we sat there, and we and, and he said, man, you guys are doing great. And then there were other years we went in, and we thought we were doing great, and then he started asking us some questions, and he said, I'd like to see you next week. <laughs> and we said, I guess we got some things to work on. But it was great, and I think it's an investment in your marriage. You get to know each other better, and you're getting tools. That's what you're receiving is are some tools and some perspective that help you to grow a healthy marriage, which is what we all want. And, you know, any advice I would give for those that are getting married in the next year, I have one of my best friends has a phrase that I've embraced, and, and, and I think it applies to people getting married. And I really... Hear me out. But but the phrase is, buy the best and cry once. And, and and what that means is there are people that try and cut corners in life. And I did this. I bought a car, and I didn't like the color, but it was cheaper. But every time I got in my car, it was like I cried because inside because I didn't really get what I wanted versus if I would have just spent a little bit more money and got what I really wanted. I would and I would cry when I when I paid for it at that moment. But then every time I got in the car I enjoyed it. I think whether it be hiring a wedding planner or a photographer or wherever you're going, you know, within your budget. You gotta work within your budget, but find out what issue's most important to you. And then I say buy the best and cry once and then you'll you'll just you'll savor it. You'll enjoy it for years to come rather than crying every time you think about your wedding and you go Oh, we cut corners on the right. minister, and right. and he totally, totally created the cringe factor for everybody. Um, he fumbled at our ceremony, or we cut I love, corners I'm on.
0: Sorry, sorry for jumping in, because we just have just a you know a couple minutes left. But I I think that that's a beautiful, you know, concept, and really being able to communicate differently and being able to make different choices. And I want people to learn more about you and find you. So, you know, please come back again, but thank you so much today for your time and your beautiful words of wisdom. And Oh, uh, you're so
1: sweet. I appreciate the opportunity. It's such
0: a blessing having you with us today. So, thank
1: you so much.
0: So, thank you so much, John. and, you know, for everybody, I just what a gift, what a blessing to be able to find you and to really to be able to journey on that path with you and to step into your life. So, Thank you. Thank you. All it's
1: right. been a privilege to be part of your show, and I look forward to getting to know you even better.
0: Thank you. The same here. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: All right. Take care.
0: What a beautiful guest. So this is Nicole That was Brandon. so amazing. Which what means? beautiful descriptions of these words. I mean, my my heart is so open and so full right now, and that leads us into next week's guest. Our next week's guest is actually Amanda Rain, and I love Amanda. She's one of my very favorite people, and she is going to be talking to us and teaching us about how to speak the unspeakable and really how to dive deep into communication strategy to explore how to communicate mm-hmm. those unspeakable things effectively, which is just amazing how to improve your personal relationships, how to break through the blocks and resistances, how to learn conflict resolution in a relationship and reasoning and and especially, you know, how to share your dreams and desires and your most provocative thoughts and intimate thoughts. And so I just I think that it's just fabulous and beautiful and exciting and exhilarating she's going to be with us so please join us next week for amanda rain and we so look forward to you joining us then so wishing you a wonderful week this is nicole brandon with hourglass bride and so many thanks to today's guest dr john Ireland, and leaving you with his beautiful descriptions of words